When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I am Dan Lobby. I'm joined by Mary Kay Cabot, Ashley Bastock, Adam Harris. Uh, this is our preview pod for Saturday's Browns-Ravens game. A little different format today. We're going to get right into the prop bets. Uh, Lance Riceland will still do his scouting report. We'll do that uh, right before we do game picks. So a little bit of a abbreviated version of our preview pod this week as the Browns face the Baltimore Ravens on Saturday. So let's get right to it. I forgot to ask if anybody has a really good prop bet to start. So I'm just going to start on this one. I am going to take a Deshaun Watson prop bet. So last week I took a Deshaun Watson longest run over 11 and a half. I did not hit it. He came close, but I did not hit that prop bet. I'm going to take a Deshaun passing prop bet. So the number, the total is 211 and a half yards for Deshaun Watson passing yards. He has thrown for 131 and 276 so far in his two Browns games. I think 211 is a really nice number, and I think he's going to surpass that number relatively easily on Saturday. That doesn't mean he's going to throw for like 300 yards, but I think he's shown that he's more comfortable. I think he's getting a little more familiarity with Donovan Peoples-Jones. Amari Cooper should be just a little bit healthier, I think, and they should be able to kind of manage that injury a little better. I think this is an over 211 and a half passing yards for Deshaun Watson. Uh, Mary Kay, what do you think? You know, I'm going to go with the over on that as well. Uh, One of the reasons for that is the fact that the Ravens' pass defense, although they've gotten better on defense in recent weeks, their pass defense is still ranked 26th in the NFL with 249.2 yards allowed per game. So I do think that Deshaun Watson is going to find some opportunities to exploit Uh, some of their past defense deficiencies. And I think Amari Cooper, he might be a little bit better this week than he was last week. We'll have to see because when he went out there uh, on the first play of the game last week, he re-injured the core muscle injury, and that could easily happen again. So we don't know if, if they're going to be able to do that with him necessarily stretch the field like they would like to. Um, But, David Njoku is back. They can definitely stretch the field with him. They can do it with Harrison Bryant. Uh, 
Michael Woods is another game older and wiser. And, um, and then they've got, of course, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who has a really nice chemistry now with Deshaun Watson. So I'm going to say yes, that he is going to go over 211 yards. Ashley, what do you think? Yeah, I like this. I mean, I think this is manageable. I mean, unsurprisingly, it's kind of in the middle of his yardage from uh, the Cincinnati game and the Texans game. But uh, like Mary Kay said, I mean, the Ravens defense has picked up in recent weeks, but I still I don't think that number is too crazy. And I think you still, if you're Deshaun Watson, like need to be taking some of those downfield shots just to get your rhythm uh, in check and and get connected with those uh, pass-catching weapons a bit more than he has been already. Irene, we're, are we looking at a clean sweep here right off the bat? Everybody going over here, 211 and a half. Yes, I am going to complete the clean sweep and agree with him going over, specifically within the sense of that regardless of postseason, which is according to ESPN's you know power uh, index projections at a point four percent now the next step ahead is just getting the rest off of Deshaun Watson um and just making sure that he can you know work and get his chemistry right with his pass catchers so best believe there's going to be an even more established uh pass heavy offense uh on Saturday which will allow him to eclipse his number so I'm wondering why we'll all be wrong like, like Mary Kay, why would we all, like, what's the scenario where we're all wrong on this? And he throws for like 150. I'll tell you, the reason and the, the, the way that could possibly happen is their defensive front, front is playing so well right now. They are, um, they are rattling quarterbacks into making mistakes. They're getting a lot of turnovers. They're number one in the NFL with plus six. They picked off Mitch Trubisky three times last week in Pittsburgh and that's that's how it could happen if they dominate the offensive line and they exploit some weaknesses on the offensive line and they kind of rattle Deshaun and David Bell is questionable this game Amari's not 100 percent and if they get to him and he doesn't have enough places to go with the ball then that's how it could happen yeah I mean I, I guess the the reason I feel good about it though still is feel like they kind of they felt pretty comfortable actually attacking this secondary with Jacoby Brissett and they were really going after Marcus Peters in that second half and then in fact they got him it's just the refs got Amari Cooper on that push off yeah I was gonna bring that up the fact that they, they felt comfortable enough to specifically go after somebody on this Ravens defense but yeah, I mean, I agree with Mary Kay. I mean, this defense just looks, I think, a lot different than the last time they saw them. They've added Broquan Smith, especially. He's brought a lot of pressure, really been playing lights out these last, like, five games. They've held opponents to 14 or fewer points in four of their last five games. So they really have been getting the job done. And I think if that front can kind of rattle Deshaun Watson, which, again, like, you can tell, I think, at times that he's a bit hesitant when contact is coming and he gets a little panicky because he hasn't taken hits in so long uh, before two weeks ago, 700 days. So I do think that definitely could be an element, but I I still think even with that, my gut feeling right now is that 211 yards is like still manageable, even if he's, he's rattled and they get, you know, a couple of takeaways and interceptions and things like that. Okay. Irie, what have you got for us? All right, so I'm I'm going to go within the any uh, time touchdown marker, and I'm going to go with Nick Chubb. 
the reason I'm going to go with, with Nick Chubb regarding being anytime touchdowns because we've seen in, in uh, past games prior this season where when he does not have a, game, a good game this, uh, the game prior, he goes off, or even if he's below 100 yards, still is able to go in and eclipse a touchdown. Examples include when he had you know an underachieving 56 rushing yards versus New England, Versus Baltimore, who they played again on Saturday, he was able to get a touchdown then. Uh, when they played Buffalo, he was held to 19 rushing yards on 14 carries. He gets 100-plus rushing yards and a touchdown versus Tampa Bay the very next game. Now, Houston, not that he was needed much, but this past Sunday versus Cincinnati, 34 rushing yards on 14 carries and zero touchdowns. Usually after he has more of an underachieving game, he always just sets to somehow come back. And I'm not saying he's going to go out for 200 rushing yards, but I can believe that, specifically within the red zone for him, or even certain parts of the game, he can make an opportunity for himself to go get a rushing touchdown. All right, uh, Ashley, one rushing touchdown in the last four games. And I'm going to just pretend that I heard Irie say that Nick Chubb was going to rush for 200 yards. We're just going to say that he definitely said that. I'm going to edit that to make it sound like that's what Irie said. Uh, (laughs) 200 yards and a rushing touchdown for Nick Chubb. Boy, um, I don't know. I definitely – I do worry about this Ravens front and how much they're going to be able to do. And, like, especially – after seeing this past weekend, how much this offense, it just felt like got hamstrung by DJ reader. Like they were having to run a lot of stuff wide. Um, and that let led to fewer um, yards, I think for Nick Chubb, and it's just a less efficient offense overall. Um, I worry about like a guy like Calais Campbell and what they're going to do against him um, and how much they're going to be trying to avoid that Ravens front. But you know, it's been a while for a Nick Chubb touchdown. I feel like we're due for that one. So I do like the anytime touchdown score um, option with him there because it just feels like, hey, we got to utilize this guy if we're near the goal line at, at this point. Okay, so Mary Kay, uh, all right, Irie did not say 200 rushing yards, by the <laughs> way. We'll take him off the hook for that. But you can still take a victory lap if it happens, Irie. We'll... We'll get you on that. Mary Kay, anytime touchdown score, Nick Chubb. I do think that Nick Chubb is going to have a better game than we have seen him having lately. And it's not going to be easy against this defensive front. Again, I think this is a, such a much better Baltimore defense than the one uh, that they saw in Baltimore on October 23rd when they lost 23-20. to 20. Uh, I think some of, the, some of those guys broke one. Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, Calais Campbell, they're playing really, really well. Tyus Bowser, I mean, it just reminds me of those old Ravens defenses that were just dominant and hard to to go against and run against. So it's certainly not going to be easy. Uh, But I don't know. I just feel like Nick is going to be okay at home. Like he's going to make some hay in this game. And I think they're going to be really motivated to win this game, uh, to, to put on a good showing at home in front of the home crowd. So uh, I, I do think that, that Nick will score a rushing touchdown, and I think he's going to have a good game. Yeah, I mean, I guess we're going to have two clean sweeps here because I can just close my eyes. I mean, a national TV game, it's going to be cold. The lights are going to be on. I, you can just close your eyes and envision Nick Chubb breaking like a 30-yard touchdown run at some point in this game. Or who knows, maybe it's just a boring one-yard run, whatever it is. But it's just hard for me to not see Nick Chubb, even if the Browns lose, Nick Chubb not getting into the end zone. And I think they're starting to figure out some of that read option stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I guess we're two for two here on just 
picking everyone's bets. We love everyone's bets. <laughs> uh, I I would not be surprised if it really wasn't a clean sweep and Doug heard everything we said and screamed no <laughs> ten times. I, I I would not be surprised at all. He's probably going to text me in a minute. So. <laughs> Doug is going to record his own rogue podcast. Yeah. It's going to show up on our feed, Doug. It's just going to say, Doug tells us all why we're wrong. Yeah, instead um, of like a blue banner at the top of the page, it's like a red banner at the top of the page. I don't know. It's an alternate universe. I do have Doug's pick, by the way. So even though Doug there is we not go. here, you'll get, to, you'll get to hear his pick, uh, which I know Irie is ecstatic about uh, right now. Ashley, what's your prop bet this week? Yeah, so I was looking at some of the Browns pass catchers, and I really like DraftKings right now. Has the over-under at receptions for Donovan Peoples-Jones at three and a half? And I really like the over on this. You know, with Deshaun Watson um, in Houston, he had three catches on three targets. Last week, eight catches on 12 targets. Um, I just think in, in more games than not this year, I'm doing the looking at this quick in one two, three, four. In four games this year, he would not have hit the over. He hit, He's hit the over in every other game this year on that. And I think just from last week, what we saw, like Deshaun Watson really seems to have developed a rhythm with him. And I think like when we heard them talk after the game, you know, Donovan missed that catch in the end zone on the fourth and goal. The ball hit him in the chest. And Deshaun was very adamant about making sure that he gives Donovan more chances to make plays like that. So I think there's going to be some of that going on there. And just the fact like Deshaun's trying to to get comfortable with these guys himself. And I think Donovan is kind of an easy playmaking target for him right now. Mary Kay, a career high in targets last week, a career high in catches and a career high in yardage for Donovan Peoples-Jones. It felt like when Deshaun was in trouble, and some of this is because Amari is banged up, it, but it just felt like whenever he was in trouble, he was looking to number 11. And again, this just feels like, I don't know why this is so low. I mean, I always hate to be the guy that's like, well, they don't know what they're talking about because usually they do. That's why they make money. But I, this feels like one of those, I don't know if they are quite caught up to this Deshaun Watson, Donovan Peoples-Jones connection yet with a number that low. What was it, Ashley? Three? Three and a half? Three and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah, just that's just feel. I mean, I guess I could see a game where he only gets three targets, like in Houston, but not after what we saw last week. Yeah, I think it's low. I think that's a low number for Vegas. I really do. Um, I think that Deshaun feels very comfortable throwing the ball to Donovan Peoples-Jones, as we saw last week. I think he, he likes the fact that uh, Donovan can make that contested catch. So he knows uh, that he doesn't have to be in a perfect situation to give him the ball. He can throw that ball to him, and he's going to win his one-on-one matchup most of the time. So I definitely think this will be over that. And also, once again, Amari is still hurting. And David Bell, who knows? I mean, he might not play. He has not practiced all week. And there's a pretty good chance he's going to sit out this game, which means that Michael Woods will be in there. And Michael's kind of new. And I think it looks like he had a pretty nice week of practice. But I think Deshaun's still going to go to what is becoming a little bit of a comfort zone for him. And that is DPJ. I'm going with the over. I read the only... The only case I can make against it is Baltimore comes into this game and tries to take Donovan out of it, which is something we really haven't seen a team 
do yet. It's usually Amari or, you know, Njoku or Nick Chubb. You know, as Donovan gets better and better, he's going to see defenses kind of roll their coverage a little bit to him, especially if they're thin at wide receiver. But that's the only case I can make uh, against not taking this over. That is understandable, but I still have to go over the over. And I think when we spoke about Deshaun returning, uh, it might have been you. It was somebody. Well, no, it wasn't me because I wouldn't remember. But it was somebody that said that even though we we focus so much on uh, Deshaun and Amari or Deshaun and and Joku, it's really going to be the other younger pass catchers that can really develop and make themselves, you know, an X factor or a, a safe option for. Watson, because even if Baltimore was to hypothetically go in and try to take him out, they still have to worry about Amari. They still have to worry about Njoku. They still have to worry about the good. I mean, even Harrison Bryant at times can can be really well and a good comfort option for uh, for Watson to use. We've seen multiple times where he used the starter up for a certain series or just to get down down uh, down the field. So when it comes to DPJ, I do think that number is pretty low. Uh, I'm going to go with the O from this. This pot is really boring. We're all just we're all just in agreement. This is you why we this is why we need Doug, I guess. It's taken me this After long. After last week, that fight we between Doug. Doug and I last week, though, honestly, that that should keep the people fill their <laughs> their tanks as far as fights go for at least two or three weeks, right? I mean, that was a pretty pretty funny fight, if I do say so myself. I I, I remember trying trying to spice up the pot, and then I got jumped by everyone. <laughs> I mentioned, that's, that's what we do. I mentioned my Kirk Harley once and everybody's on my head. So I'm, I'm done trying, <laughs> trying to, you know, I'll stick with boring. Well, Mary Kay, I don't know if you're going to throw a wrench into all of this, but this is it. This is our last chance to have some kind of disagreement here. Um, what have you got? Yeah, I don't know if this is going to inspire any kind of an argument or not, but I feel like we should talk about Miles Garrett a little bit this game because – Uh, I think he wants to go out there and have a really big game and continue to not only try to help the team win, but make a case for NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Last time he played Tyler Huntley, uh, he got a strip sack, and he returned uh, the fumble 15 yards for a touchdown. He wants to do that again. He wants that feeling of scoring a touchdown again. So I am going to um, to give him that. I'm going to give him... One, not not the touchdown necessarily, uh, but a strip sack. One strip sack for Miles Garrett on Tyler Huntley. That's where I'm setting it. And what do you guys think? Well, let's spice it up. Does anybody want to call their shot on a Miles Garrett touchdown Sunday? I think I saw Ashley reach for the unmute button. She's <laughs> thinking about I'm it. thinking about it. You know, Miles was very complimentary of Tyler Huntley today, but I do think he's kind of just like laying the groundwork to, to sort of have a monster game. And we talked about this in the, the video after practice on Thursday, but like this is their last national TV game. It's a rivalry game. It's a division game. Um, they're hanging on for dear life in regards to their playoff hopes, which we know aren't likely, but I do think we've kind of seen Miles get into these moments where he does sort of take the the game into his own hands a little bit in, with plays like this. I'm hesitant with the touchdown because it's the only time it's ever happened was last year, right? That's his only strip sack for a touchdown. I think, yeah, I think that was that's his only score, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And it's like, Tyler, you know what? Sure. Why not? 
let's let's throw the touchdown in. He's done it before against Tyler Huntley, who moves around a lot. I do think Miles can kind of corral him, and Tyler Huntley just you know he he made he pl- came in, he played last week with Lamar out, left with the concussion. You know he's been at practice, but. We've seen Miles do it against him, and I think he's athletic. But but Miles Garrett's athletic, and Jadavian Clowney played really well, I thought, last week against the Bengals. So maybe he'll build off of that, and and Miles will get some help there. But let's do it if he's going to get a strip sack. Why not some fun for the home crowd? Touchdown too. All right, so Irie, here's what's on the table. There's Mary Kay's prop bet, which is just a strip sack. You can throw in a touchdown if you want. There is a there is a DraftKings prop bet for Browns special teams defense anytime touchdown score. You know something, Dan. Here, you know you know something, man. Earlier today, when I I woke up and I just knew we were gonna record ahead of you know later on today, I just looked at myself in the mirror at this point in the season. I just asked myself, just straight up, why'd you have so much optimism this year, man? What is wrong with you? And um, as we come to this point in the pod. I wanted to keep it low, but you know what? Spice it up. What the heck? Strip sack, touchdown, whatever. Turn him in, into Jerry Rice at this point. I really don't care. Let's go. I'm all in. Okay, I got I got to pump the brakes here on this. There's too much. With the train is off the the tracks here. But I I actually okay. I'm going. There will be a strip sack in this game, but it won't be Miles Garrett. I think it's going to be the other guy. I think it's going to be 90. Mm. I think it's going to be a situation where Miles kind of chases Tyler Huntley into Clowney and Clowney gets I like the strip this. sack. I like the stand. So that's so I'm going to say no on both of these options. I I think Jadavion Clowney is the one. So you baited me into saying touchdown just so you could say, JK, it's going to be 90 that does it, that makes the play. Yeah, I actually agree, Dan. Come on. You're just going to back... <laughs> Dora's like brutal. this, man. Well, you you guys already said Miles. So are you saying yeah. Miles and JD are going to get? No, it I I actually to me are that we going to fuck ourselves fit. into five strip sacks in this game? No, 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 no. <laughs> um, it doesn't feel like a JD kind of play to me. Like I do think that that the strip sack for a touchdown feels like more of a Miles thing in terms of how they move and how they play. Um, but yeah, I, I expect Jadavian to like make some plays in this game though, because I thought he played really well. He had a sack taken away because of that Isaiah Thomas illegal hands to the face um, penalty. He was in good joking about it in the locker room after the fact. So I, I, I just think he's going to build on it. But I think it might help Miles to get the strip sack. Okay, well we'll, we'll see how that goes. By the way, how did how did Miles describe Tyler Huntley today? He said. It was like trying to catch a chicken covered in honey. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I, I, I could see the wheels spinning for him looking for something to describe what the chicken would be covered in. And he landed I, on I, honey, and, but honey's sticky, so I don't know if that's apt. I don't know. What would it cost me, Irie? How much would I have to offer you to try and chase a chicken Covered in honey. <laughs> Dan, now you know you're going to have to maybe an offer. I can't refuse. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I'm not the person to ask. Like, how, like $5? I have $5 right now. Fuck, and you, and you, if you catch the chicken, you can keep it. Don't do it, Irie. Ask for more money. <laughs> know your worth. Is this the point that we've come to? We're talking about me chasing a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> a chicken covered in honey. 
I think that would slow it down. Okay, it would, okay. I, I think you to... should go no lower than like five hundred dollars. Like no oh. lower than that. Change it from honey to a hot sauce, and I'll I might I might be in. <laughs> I might I might be in a chicken with you know two biscuits on the side or something. I I, I might just be in Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a chicken with chicken. two biscuits attached to the side of it. Yeah. Now we're Pretty talking good. like chicken and waffles and honey and biscuits. I'm getting hungry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah, we're recording this like right around dinner time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a problem. Okay, I think that was all the prop bets here for uh, for this one. Okay, we're going to take a break. Then Lance Riceland is going to give you his scouting report on the Ravens, and then we're going to come back and the. How many of five of us will make our picks on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast? Welcome back to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm now joined, as promised, by Lance Reisland to give you a scattering report on the Baltimore Ravens. Lance, how are you? Hey, Dan, how are you? Doing well. Okay, um, Baltimore's offense. Is is this just a team that's going to come out and pound the football? Is, is that who they are, especially with uh, – with Huntley starting? Oh, absolutely. Watching their front last week, uh, I watched that game a bunch of times, and their offensive line is really, really got since early in the year, they're really, really physical. Uh, Dobbins is back. He had a big week. He had 120 last week. Edwards had 66. Uh, as a team, they ran for uh, 215 yards on 42 carries. So they're committed to it with or without Jackson. But yeah, without um, having him and Huntley being the starter, uh, one thing about him is he took a beating last week. He, he got hit a bunch. So I'm not sure if they're going to run them as much, um, but yeah, they're going to come at you. They're a gap scheme team. Um, they run some zone, some split zone. Uh, they're blocking down. They're bringing, bringing those big guards and tackles around. It's a really physical run game. So what is it that makes it so, I mean, and we know they run a lot of big personnel, but who are, who are the guys aside from the guys carrying the football um, that, that really kind of make this thing go? Well, up front is, up front is, is the most important part, but their scheme is what really makes them uh, really hard to stop. One thing I really like about their offense, both in the pass game, even though they don't throw the ball a lot, is they motion with a purpose. So a lot of teams you'll see motion, um, and they motion just uh, kind of window dress stuff. Uh, the Ravens aren't doing that. They're motioning for a purpose. So in the run game, they're going to bring uh, tight ends, receivers, uh, extra running backs. They're going to bring them in the hole. So they're just going to bring extra guys besides the normal run scheme. Uh, I really like how they use motion in the pass game. So uh, with I think the reason their quarterbacks have such success is that they're able to use that motion to, to clarify and kind of make those defenders commit. And I really like that. So when you see, especially with Andrews, he's the guy in the pass game, even though they're not throwing it a ton, he's a really good player. And he's, he's hurt the Browns before. But when you watch him on uh, Saturday, I'm uh, going to keep saying Sunday, when you watch him on Saturday, you're going to see they motion – and that motion opens stuff up, both in the run and the pass. You, you will not be the first person to say Sunday. Uh, I've been calling today Friday. We're recording this on Thursday. I've been calling today Friday, like all day. So I uh, told myself, don't do it. I, first time, I, first time you mentioned, I do it. <laughs> this is this is the football calendar. That's what we're on. Um, this team uses a fullback. Uh, I know Browns fans are familiar with that because up until this year, this has been a team that, that's used a fullback as well. But the Ravens still. They still use that fullback, and he's a good one. Well, Ricard is not just a fullback. He's a lineman. Um, he's a lineman. He's 6'3", he's 300 pounds. And if you watch, especially their gap schemes, now they will run some zone, uh, but if you're if you're not a football um, 
football person per se, and you don't understand schemes, just watch 42. Uh, he will take you to the ball, especially uh, they run a uh, – last week they ran a really good ISO uh, where he's just leading up on the one backer. Um, they run a bunch of counters where they're going to pull the guards and tackles. He's going to come too. So if they're running the ball downhill and they're using that gap scheme, just find him. Find Ricard. He's hard to miss. Uh, he's a really good athlete, though. He's a lot better in space than you think. He's a really um, – not a lot of people talk about him, but he's a really special talent. I think him and with that offensive line um, are going to cause a bunch of problems for Cleveland because of their uh, injuries and their inability to stop the run. And how did Dobbins look coming back? And then also, look, Gus Edwards, the Gus bus, he's been out a little while too. I, I know you talked about them a little earlier, but just, I mean, how did both of those guys look? I thought they looked good. I still think, I still think Dobbins has a little hitch in a giddy-up. He's not quite running as smooth as he was um, you know, early in his career at Ohio State. Uh, I still think he's recovering well. Um, Edwards is a load. He's heavy. So it doesn't really matter if he's running at hundred percent. He just runs kind of downhill. Um, those guys are both benefit benefits of Ricard in that offensive line. So it's kind of, it's the, the tailbacks to me are kind of irrelevant in this offense in terms of like, it's put in the next guy. Cause that offensive line, um, they have just them and their defense. Every, they just have a sense of physicality. Um, when you watch them, um, that they're going to run the ball right at you. Now, one more thing on the offense. When you look at the receiver position, uh, obviously a little banged up. They don't really have a lot out there. I think that's been sort of an ongoing narrative uh, with Lamar. Obviously, Lamar is out this game, but um, that this team hasn't always had a bunch of weapons on the outside. What is the state uh, of this team's receiver position right now? Well, I always liked Duvernay. I thought he was okay. Um, you know, their passing game goes through goes through Andrews, and they'll use him a bunch of different ways, very similar to how um, – uh, the Browns use Najoku, uh, David Najoku. So I think the Browns can uh, can take advantage uh, of that situation. Um, but that's that's basically they're you know they're a bunch of guys and they're they're NFL guys. They're good, but when they need a pass, um, they're going to go to Andrews. They're going to find him. Duvernay's okay. Um, they got a couple other guys that are okay. But if I'm the Browns, they got to focus. And I think that matchup is very very good against Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton. So. Um, not much, um, but I don't know how much they, you know, how much they're going to need it in terms of what their plan is. Yeah, lo- losing Rashad Bateman really hurt this receiver yeah. court because he was starting to come on, um, and then they're sort of they're piecing it. Like Duvernay was really good as like the number two or the number three guy, um, and and others just more on his plate uh, with Bateman out. So so they've gotten really thin at that position. You know, I like Demarcus Robinson's pretty good yeah. player. They haven't used them a lot. Um, you know, they got Deshaun Jackson, you know, he's old, you know, old, but good. You know, he's got some, he'll, he'll run some good routes. So they don't have a lot of guys that'll take the top off. Uh, I do like uh, Robinson as a route runner. Uh, but if I'm the Browns, I, you gotta, you gotta find Andrews in a, in a passing situation. Okay. Other side of the ball. I, ju- I just want to start with Roquan Smith because I know when, when they made that trade to get him from the bears, my first thought was like, of course, of course the Ravens made the trade to get Roquan Smith. Cause he is, he just seems like a Baltimore Raven to me. So, so how does he fit in there? Well, you just said it. So the, when you watch Baltimore, and it's been like that since the Ray Lewis days, they have an atmosphere of physicality. They have an atmosphere of toughness that you know you're going to get. So not only him, but one of my favorite guys on film is Patrick Queen. So now you have Queen and, and Smith inside. Both guys are really, really good. Um, he seems like he's the vocal guy even more than Queen. Uh, they're both very good uh, against the run. They show a lot in the A-gaps. Um both in an odd front and an even front. Uh, the Browns have really struggled with A-gap pressure, and uh, both in the run and the pass. 
because uh, you know they've had the injuries and, and and I think Froholt's playing a little bit out of position. So I those guys are going to be a handful inside and that defensive line, um, just massive, massive guys. Now Baltimore doesn't have like a Miles Garrett or a TJ Watt or or someone like that. How how do they generate pass rush? Well, they you know they got JPP uh, Pierre Paul's pretty good. Justin Houston's pretty good. Uh, the guy I like in terms of pass rush, the guy who's kind of their um, Swiss Army knife is um, Tyus Bauer uh, Bowser. I really like him. They they've brought him kind of like what the Browns did last week with uh, Miles. They'll bring him in a gap. They'll stand him up. They'll play him at a linebacker uh, when they're in an odd front. They'll cover the they'll cover the guards and create a one on one for him outside. Uh, I really like him uh, in space. Uh, he seems like a wild card. He plays with great energy, but that whole defense plays with great energy. Um, they're actually, uh, to be honest with you, I think they should be better than they even are. They they have some really good players uh, on all three levels. Now in the back end, uh, you know, we all know Marlon Humphrey. We all know Marcus Peters. It did seem like the Browns were going after Marcus Peters a little bit in that first matchup. Tell me about their their kind of back end, that second level, and, and their safety position too. Well, I like I like Clark. Um, I like Williams. Both of their safeties. Both are very physical. Once again, I think you said it earlier. They're very uh, Baltimore-like Raven um, defenders. So they're very physical. They are susceptible to deep balls. They are susceptible because they're very aggressive. Uh, you can kind of think of it uh, as a Browns fan. You could kind of think of it as a Delpit. They're very uh, they're aggressive. It's an their mistakes are aggressive. Uh, Humphrey and Peters. I'll tell you what. Watching Humphrey on film now, a number of games, uh, he's become very handsy. He's become very um, panicked at the end of routes. Uh, so in terms of where he was always calm at the end of a route, now he's panicked and he gets very handsy. Uh, so double moves work. Uh, I, I see him really struggling with Amari Cooper's uh, route running ability. But I think the best matchup for the Browns would be Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton's very good in the box, um, but he struggles with covering. He struggled uh, some, somewhat with Fryermuth last week. Uh, so when he's when he's put in space and put on an island, I think the Browns can really uh, attack him uh, over the middle of the field. So as, as you're talking about this team, it sounds to me like, you know, as much as everybody loves to to say run Nick Chubb and, and try to establish the run, it sounds to me like the Browns might find some success if they can get that passing game going early. Yeah, you know, and it's it's really tough. Like those guys inside, I mean, you got those, those, those big guys inside are some of the, the biggest guys I've seen on film in terms of they play heavy. Uh, Washington and and uh, Clayus Campbell—they're just all—they're kind of—they all have the same mold. They're that, that odd front three guys where they're going to take on everybody and let those linebackers run. So it's really hard to run the ball. They keep the linebackers free. Those linebackers don't even need to be kept free, and so they do a good job of that. I think they're yeah. I think the Browns' best bet in terms of moving the ball and getting explosive plays is absolutely going to be in the passing game. Uh, I think the Browns have some matchups um, not only. Um, inside, but off play actions because those safeties like to creep up so much, especially uh, if they can get some hard run action, uh, take some shots over top, DPJ, things like that. So I think the Browns uh, play action wise um, have a chance to be really successful. Okay, Lance, uh, it's that time. As always, what's your pick for this game? Oh, man, I am, I have, <laughs> I've, uh, I got off to a hard, hot start. It's like, it's, um, I got to go with the Ravens. And, and the reason why is because I think. I still think Deshaun Watson is going to play better and better and better. Um, I really going to have to see the Browns stop this running game. And with those linebacker injuries and the size of this line or card, uh, I just don't think they're going to have. Now, I think it's going to be, I think the Browns are going to score some points. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go 28-21 Ravens. 
Okay, there we go. Uh, Lance Reisland, his scouting report on the Ravens and his pick for this game. We're going to make our picks after we take a break here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Lance, thanks for the time. As always, thanks for having me. And welcome back to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Thanks to Lance Reisland for his scouting report on the Ravens. The time has come to make our picks. The line on this game. Actually, you know what? I want to do one other thing. Um, I forgot I had opened this tab up, but... Uh, this will be a little distraction before we make our picks. So we mentioned Miles Garrett for Defensive Player of the Year, and I just looked up the odds on DraftKings right now. Uh, well, I guess these are as of Thursday, September 8th. Uh, Micah Parsons is the favorite. He's minus 280. Then Nick Bosa at plus 175. Chris Jones at plus 3,000. Matthew Judon plus 4,000. Max Crosby plus 5,000 and Miles Garrett plus 6,000. So he has the sixth highest odds to win the award. But right now, Michael Parsons is the betting favorite at minus odds, minus 280. So uh, he's got the inside track. But I mean, Miles Garrett plus 6,000, that's not a jump on that now. And maybe he gets those five strip sacks on, on Sunday or Saturday against the Ravens. You know what? He's awful motivated. I mean, he's he sees that there is a clear path to be able to get it this year, right? I mean, there's not someone that is just completely running away with it. He actually has is tied for the second most sacks in the NFL right now. So it, it could possibly happen if he has really, really strong games over the next four weeks. So I think you're going to see a very motivated Miles Garrett. I think it's going to come down to like, like, you know, this national TV game, if he has a big game, you know, Michael Parsons is going to have some opportunity. I know they play the Eagles, I think next week. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be a game that everybody's watching. And that that's where miles gets hurt is he just doesn't have any big games left. Yeah. Uh, You know, he's got the commanders, he's got the Steelers, the saints. There's, there just aren't a lot of big games or big spotlights left for him, but this is going to be his opportunity on, on Saturday. So I guess we'll see how he responds. All right, let's do picks for this game. I said I have Doug's pick. I'm not going to read it first, though. Irie, why don't you lead us off? Oh, I should also mention the line on this game is the Browns are favored by three on DraftKings. I promise I was not going to do this at all, but I'm just going to do it. I'm going to just take take the Browns in, in a low-scoring game. Not that I have any faith in them. I just believe that the absence of Lamar Jackson can – what really helped out when it comes to the Browns because this is still, you know, a team, even with Lamar, this was still a team that was right there on the edge of competing and only lost by three. So I'm just seeing it as so without Lamar and with your starting QB one at hand, maybe you can try some stuff out, make you go ahead and take advantage. I hope, I actually hope to see more of a run, you know, run pass option scheme in this game between Watson, Chubb, even throwing Hunt in there. You're letting the opposing defense know you got three guys that will kill you on the ground. Uh, and at some point, and oh, I, I got to give my score, uh, uh, twenty-three to nineteen. Okay, so I read with the Browns pick there, twenty-three to nineteen. The total on this game is thirty-eight, so a low-scoring game um, is, is what Vegas seems to think, what DraftKings seems to think. So I read taking the Browns um, minus the three and the over on that. Uh, Ashley, what's your pick? Well, a low-scoring game is what Vegas seems to think, and it's also what Ashley seems to think, because I, I just think overall this this Ravens defense has not given up a ton of points. 
Um, recently, they haven't scored. The Ravens haven't scored, didn't score like a ton of points last week or anything, though, either. Um, this Browns offense is still trying to find its rhythm. I might regret this in like a day and I might change my mind, but I don't know. Right now, I just feel like it's kind of hard for me to pick the Browns because I, especially after what we saw against Cincinnati and they kind of like rolled over a little bit, I thought. So I'm going Ravens 21-14. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I haven't looked at the weather to see what we're going to be dealing with there. Um, But I think this Ravens defense is just, so much more physical than the last time they saw them. I think Roquan Smith is a huge addition that can't be understated. I mean, watching the replay of that Steelers-Ravens game from last week, it just felt like he wrecked the game. And I think he can do that against them. I think he's going to be going extra hard. Of course, we know what the Ravens defenders had to say about wanting to welcome Deshaun Watson to this rivalry. And, and Deshaun just like laughed at that and seemed very up to the challenge. But I, I think there's some weight to that, and I think they they might get a best the best of a Cleveland team in Deshaun Watson that is still very much trying to find their way at this stage, only three games into his return. All right, so Ashley's got the Ravens and the under um, there on that one. So I have no feel for this game at all. I was thinking about it today. Just I have no feel for this. I like. I don't think the Ravens are great. Um, I don't know if the Ravens employ wide receivers or not. I don't really trust Tyler Huntley a ton. I think he's fine as a backup, but I still don't necessarily trust him. Um, But I also think the Ravens have shown us over the last few weeks that they can just make a game ugly and kind of grimy, and they just sort of figure out how to win, and they make it come down to like one or two plays. So like Denver, for example. Probably should have lost that game, but Denver misses a 60-plus yard field goal at the end, and the Ravens hang on to win. You know, last week against the Steelers, obviously Kenny Pickett leaves that game. You know, maybe the Steelers win that game if Pickett stays in, but he didn't, and the Ravens figured out a way to win that game. And I just feel like that, like Baltimore's got that in their DNA, and I think that might be the difference in this game. I don't think the Browns are quite there yet. I think eventually Deshaun Watson makes you get there. Like he's that he's that guy. But I feel like the Ravens can come out and and punch the Browns a little bit in the mouth, make this a really tight game, and figure out a way to steal it at the end. So I'm going to go Ravens 21, Browns 17. So I guess that's right at the number, and that's the Ravens for the win. Mary Kay, what do you think? You know, all day I have really had this sort of feeling that the Ravens are going to win this game based on the strength of their defense right now. And the fact that J.K. Dobbins is back and the Browns can't stop the run. Now they don't have Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. They are going to be held together with smoke and mirrors at the linebacker position. I mean, you know, if they still had Sione Takitaki, who, uh, you know, who does such such an amazing job against the run, uh, then I would feel a little bit differently about their ability to stop the run. But if the Ravens are smart, they are just going to run all over them. Uh, And, of course, they've got the running quarterback that you have to worry about. But on the other side of the ball, um, you know, Deshaun Watson really wants to come out and have a good game. He wants, you know, he he put it out there. He spoke into existence uh, that he wants to make this, you know, do something special for Cleveland on Saturday in his first home game at First Energy Stadium. I think he's got his sea legs now. I think he sort of, you know, might have his mojo a little bit better. 
What he might not have uh, is all of the pass catchers that he really needs because David Bell might not play. Amari, as we mentioned, is still kind of hurting. But if he can, you know, get some things going, if he can rely more on David Njoku, which I think he should do, um, and keep it going with Donovan Peoples-Jones, and if they can somehow get the running game cranked up a little bit and possess the ball, then I think they'll be okay. And I do think that Miles wants to have a big game. I do think that Jadavian wants to have another big game. So I think the Browns are going to be motivated uh, to try to go out on a high note um, with this game, even though they don't have playoffs at stake. I don't feel really good about the Browns winning this game, but I'm picking them to win 20 to 17. Okay. So Mary Kay with the Browns, a push and the under uh, on that slight under. So we've got two Browns picks. I bet you can all guess what Doug picked, Uh, but I'll read it anyway. This is Doug's uh, official pick that will be going in our post. Baltimore 22, Browns 20. Banking on the most consistent part of each team. Justin Tucker field goals for the Ravens. This score assumes five of them. And the Browns finding a way to lose. (laughs) Ashley liked the Justin Tucker. (laughs) A lot of Justin Tucker field goals. Yeah, I mean, I I assume there's going to be a handful of them in my 21 to 17 score as well. Like, what if they, what if all their points were Justin Tucker field goals? <laughs> just love it. Just build the whole offense around Seven Justin field Tucker goals. field goals. Seven Justin Tucker field goals. Just get to the 50. Look, I am fine just as much as anybody watching a Justin Tucker versus KD York, you know, kick out. Like, this can be, you know, the passing of the torch. Why not? Now, Irie, I have to ask you a question. I know that you are very optimistic and you always uh, feel like the Browns are going to get it done. How many times have you picked the Browns to lose this season? I've picked them multiple times and I, um, I cut the optimism. I, th- I want to say last month, I think, um, <laughs> or at, at least I like to think that, but I I've chosen them to lose though multiple times, especially oh, against, especially, yeah, especially against when, uh, against Buffalo. I mean, not that I was oh. allowed to, but I know that was one of the games surely where I, <laughs> That's I, right. I, I chose no lose. Yeah, not permitted to pick a victory that week. No, look, aren't you guys glad I got everyone an easy win that week? Yes, actually, actually wasn't that easy. I was a little nervous sitting in the press box there for a little while that I was going to. Yeah, and I also I think still lost money because I did not pick correctly, like with the the score. Like yeah, you didn't pick the bills to cover. Yeah, I screwed up. I screwed up. I screwed up. So I still lost. Still lost that week. Uh, truly, I'm horrible at this. Don't listen to me when it comes to picking games. Ashley, how much would it cost me to get you to chase a chicken? <laughs> well, I told Irene to not do it for any less than 500, and I might actually up that. Honestly, I think 500 sounds a little low. You get money. I... Like, if you catch the chicken, then I'm covered in, like, there's honey on my clothes and on my hands, and it's just gross, and you get all sweaty. It's a hazard <laughs> of being injured. Doug would do it for Just tell Doug he can't do it or tell him that like I did it and he'll do it like Ashley said Ashley said you would never chase a chicken yeah. covered in, <laughs> covered honey, in honey for free. Ashley what, said you would never do what it. What should we put on the chicken if we wanted to make the chicken elusive? Hmm. I mean what? I think like cooking oil or something. Safflower oil? Yeah, like some kind of cooking oil. 
olive oil. Grease? Can we just grease up the chicken? <laughs> butter, grease, I don't know. Melted what? butter. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just hungry. My <laughs> <laughs> mind went right to cooking. <laughs> Which we don't do. Ashley and I don't cook, by the way. We don't cook. We don't cook at all. I don't even know. Like I'm like some kind of cooking oil. I don't know what that is, but somebody out there, you know yeah. what kind of oil you should cook with for things. <laughs> exactly. All right. I think that'll do it here for the uh, Orange and Brown Talk Browns Ravens preview. A Saturday game. We got two Saturday games in a row coming up for the Browns. This one and the New Orleans on Christmas Eve. Uh, so Yay. just make sure. You are a subscriber to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'll figure out our post-game situations uh, both nights, kind of what those pods will look like. And uh, so if you're subscribed, those post-games will hit as soon as they're done. And then also become a Football Insider subscriber, cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page for info and to get signed up. For Irie, Ashley, Mary Kay, Lance, and uh, Doug was not here, but he did send us a pick, so I'll... I'll include him as well. I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.